Last week, we saw Jesus do the unimaginable and raise Lazarus from the dead. And then we began examining five responses that people give when Jesus does the unimaginable in their life. And we saw a negative response from Judas. Judas complained. Well, today, we're going to look at one more negative response, and then we're going to look at three positive responses for when Jesus does the unimaginable in your life. So I'd invite you to take your Bible and turn with me to the book of John, the 12th chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, there's a Bible in the rack in front of you. And if you happen to use that Bible, I believe John 12 is on page 898, or it should be very close to that page. Once again, in your worship folder, I've provided you with a blank note sheet, and my desire is this. When God speaks to your heart, would you just write down what he says to you? Let's read beginning in the book of John at the 12th chapter with verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me and let's invite his Holy Spirit to illuminate it to our hearts. Lord Jesus, once again, we pause and we turn to you directly in prayer. And we would ask that in this place, at this time, You would give us your Holy Spirit in such a way that he would awaken our dead hearts to the truth of your gospel, that we might be transformed into your image. And we would give you praise in advance for answering our prayer. Amen. 
The second negative response we see actually comes from the chief priests and the Pharisees. And we see it one verse before our passage in chapter 11 at verse 57, where it says, Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where Jesus was, he should let them know so that they might arrest Jesus. The rationale for this command that they've given is found over in verses 47 and 48 of chapter 11. Uh, Immediately after raising Lazarus from the dead, uh, the crowd is in awe. Uh, They are stunned. What just happened? This must be of God. And some of those people... Uh, ran to the chief priests and the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day, the very people who helped them to discern God's work in their lives. They went to those people to report, Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. And in that report, it says at verse 47, that they gathered the council. And while in council together, they said, what are we to do? For this man performs many signs. No kidding. If we let him go on like this, everyone will, will believe in him. They weren't crying when they said it. I just, I'm just amazed at this response. If, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Their their response to Jesus doing the unimaginable is an envious, jealous coveting. And and once again, it is absolutely an absurd response to Jesus. You see, throughout history, God has been revealing himself as the gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, and who relents from sending calamity to all who repent and believe in him. Time after time, as the chosen people of Israel wander from God, that is his response to them, to draw them back to himself. And in Matthew chapter 3 at verse 37, we see Jesus himself once again make this plea and this response to these rebellious people. He says in 23 at verse 37, Jesus is lamenting over the people of Israel and he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wing, and you were not willing. Here Jesus is pleading with these rebellious hearts to turn and to trust him. Yet when Jesus raises the dead... All they can see is that people will follow him instead of them. 
and their position, though it is subservient and enslaved to the Roman state, their position will be lost. The chief priests are so tunnel vision on the comfort and convenience they are experiencing while enslaved that they can't imagine risking their fate to this one who raised the dead. Absolutely nothing is going to persuade them to rethink their position. Neither Jesus' passionate plea nor his benevolent acts of kindness to all of humanity, nor his unimaginable display of power over the dead. How hard was their heart? All they see is Jesus rocking their boat. And so their response is to get him out of the way so they can keep doing what they are determined to do. My friends, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a boat rocker. It is a foolish message in a wise world. The gospel is no respecter of position. It is no respecter of merit. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace. It is a gift. How will we respond? Will we examine the word of the Lord and allow it to dictate our direction? Or will we continue to do what is right in our own eyes, afraid that by following Jesus, He will take us to a place that is worse than the brokenness of our own making? Do we really think that following God's financial plans will leave us floundering? Do we really think that expressing God's unconditional love in relationship will cause us to lose out in that relationship? Do we really think that we can accomplish more by the strength of our own hand than God can accomplish in response to our prayers? Do we really think 
that he who did not spare his one and only unique son, but graciously gave him up on the cross for us, will not graciously give us all things. That is what the chief priests and the Pharisees thought. And so they sought to get Jesus out of the way permanently. And at last... We come to the positive responses. And I have been waiting, I think, a month to get to this place. The first positive response is Martha. In verse 2, it says, Martha served. I love that. But that is a very interesting statement to me. You see, there was an earlier day when uh, Martha also served Jesus. But on that earlier day when she served Jesus, uh, she pretty much got a, for all of history, bad rap. In Luke chapter 10, uh, verses 38 through 42, um, we, we read of this other time when um, this other time when Martha uh, served, and uh, Jesus was in the home of Mary and Martha, and just like here in John chapter 12, Martha served while Mary was at the feet of Jesus. But, but in verse 40 of Luke chapter 10, it says that Martha was distracted with much serving, and when she challenged Jesus about Mary not helping her, Jesus rebuked her. And he rebuked her with these words, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. And yet here in our passage in John chapter 12, following Jesus doing the unimaginable, and last week we explored the unimaginable things that Jesus did, the unimaginable of not coming to Mary and Martha when they called, the unimaginable of as God entering the the world of humanity and actually weeping with those who weep. And then, of course, as we've already seen today, the unimaginableness of raising the dead. Well, here in John 12, Martha's response is service. Very much like her act of service back in Luke 10. But this time, in John 12, there is no rebuke. Why not? Something must be different. Now, some would just draw the conclusion that Martha will never learn. And so Jesus just doesn't even bother. You know, just blow her off. That's what I'd do. But but I'm not Jesus. Praise God. (laughs) Holy cow. But, But as I look at it, I come to a different conclusion. You see, earlier, Martha made a comparison between people. She felt her response to Jesus was a better, more appropriate response than her sister's. You see, earlier, Martha served in an attempt to impress Jesus. 
Uh, we read in Luke 10 at verse 40, um, uh, that Martha was distracted by much serving. And so she went and said to Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. You see, Martha was being a good Jewish woman of that day. And she was serving the men, especially this guest rabbi. Mary, on the other hand, uh, she was way out of line. And she was sitting at the feet of a rabbi while he was teaching. You see, in, in that culture women were incredibly discriminated against. I, I mean, their position in that culture that was all around them was akin to uh, property, uh, to slavery. And in that culture, rabbis were encouraged not to teach women. In fact, they were encouraged not even to speak to women. And when Martha confronts Jesus, which... A whole nother story. Uh, that seems like that's pretty out of line. <laughs> her, her confrontation, though, it's not about the volume of service that needs attention. Her confrontation is the fact that Mary's not helping. Mary's not being a good Jewish girl and serving like me, Martha, the good Jewish girl. Martha is comparing her worship to Mary's worship. And the comparison is through the grid of cultural norms. Now, we see this trend all over throughout the Bible. I mean, the disciples were indignant uh, over James and John asking to sit at Jesus' right and left hands in the future kingdom. Uh, Peter Uh, He compares his own calling from Jesus with uh, Jesus' call uh, in John's life. You've got the whole circumcised, uncircumcised thing, and I've never understood how they would know, but (laughs) sorry. I said, what? And yet they're comparing with each other. The book of Galatians, Paul exposes the same issues going on wherein he begs the question in chapter 1 verse 10 am i now seeking the approval of men or of god all that comparison and jesus simply disarms all debate he says martha you are anxious and troubled about many things basically he's saying martha You're trying to base your relationship with me by being better than your sister. And it doesn't work that way. Don't base your vertical relationship with God on a horizontal comparison with other people. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says that we are to do all things as unto the Lord. Doesn't talk about for other people. 
And I think Martha learned the lesson. So after Jesus had done the unimaginable, she did what she does best. She served. And through her service, she worshiped Jesus in spirit and in truth. The second positive response is Lazarus. Now, now this one is is pretty simple. (laughs) Lazarus was simply present. He was there with Jesus. We have absolutely no details about this whole experience from Lazarus' perspective. We don't get to know what he felt. We don't get to know what he experienced. Nothing. He was alive. He died. He was buried. And then he's alive again. Nothing else. And Jesus comes to town. So Lazarus reclined at the table with Jesus. He communed with him. He had fellowship with him. Jesus is in town. I'm going to take the rest of the day off. And I'm going to go be with him. Why not? After all, he raised me from the dead. Lazarus showed up. He simply set aside everything else and spent time with Jesus. And at last, we come to Mary. A year's wages poured out on Jesus. It was the best this family had. Probably an heirloom that had been accumulated over the years and kept for these special family occasions. And yet it would have been kept to be used as a blessing, but a blessing in the good stewardship of moderation. You know, a little here, a little there. Pour some out at this birth. Pour some out at this funeral. Pour some out at this bar mitzvah. Pour some out at this wedding. And she poured the whole vial on Jesus. We understand from the parallel passages that 
It went over his head. We read here in the book of John that it was on his feet. It was a pound, so I assume it's all over him. Mary anointed Jesus extravagantly. You couldn't miss the fragrance in the room. And then she does something that I don't understand. She prostrates herself in the midst of everyone gathered. And in a most humble position, she wipes the feet of Jesus with her hair. The glory of a woman. It is unimaginable. But Jesus had done the unimaginable for her and her family. Lazarus was sitting at the table after he had been dead and buried for days. How would you respond? What has Jesus done in your life? In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, at verse 21, we read this. For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. What has Jesus done for us? Jesus died on a cross, the death we deserve to satisfy God's justice. And he raised himself from the dead to prove his promise of eternal life is true and sure to all who trust him to lead their lives. And he loves you. He loves you with the unimaginable love of God who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and relents from sending calamity. He loves you with the love that John 3.16 describes that God so loved you that he sent his one and only son that if you will believe in Him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. It is unimaginable. How will you respond to Him? Will you be like Judas and complain about how Jesus governs your life? Or will you respond like the Pharisees and jealously push him out of the way that you have determined you are going to go? Will you respond like Martha and do your best in the service of Jesus? Or like Lazarus, will you simply spend time with Jesus reading your Bible, praying, meeting for fellowship with other believers, 
just so you can be with Jesus. Or, like Mary, will you respond with extravagant worship?